All right, we're live. All right, welcome back, guys. It's your favorite segment, Army Anonymous. And, you know, we, I think this is the most submissions we've received so far. Oh, it is. Like, you were telling me how we got, like, 20 in one day. I was like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, we we ended up with a total of 60-something submissions, and we are going to get through all of them. So, thank you, everyone, for submitting your concerns, and we will, um, you know, go through them. Remember, not in order as they were received, but... Uh, based on categories and that way we don't have to like skip around too much topic wise and if you missed uh the submission deadline that's okay it'll be open again in what three weeks or probably like just three weeks before the next third episode so we just released it was episode 21 right so three weeks before the release of episode 24 then yeah, yeah, I did the math correctly. I'm sorry, I blanked out for a second. <laughs> so three weeks before the release of episode 24, this form will reopen again, and you can put in your submissions right there. So yeah, don't worry about it if you missed this time. There will always be next time. Also, you know what's a funny coincidence? So this is the seventh installment of Army Anonymous, and it is also Monday, July 12th, the seventh week Butter has spent number one on the Hot 100. So we love to see it. We love to see it. The number seven once again. And now hopefully if we keep streaming and keep buying uh, Permission to Dance is also going to chart at number one and hopefully stay at number one because that is what BTS deserve. And with that, let's just hop right in. So we are going to start with the general category, which basically just means there's you know, kind of like miscellaneous type questions that maybe don't fit into a certain specific category. And um, Daisy, you want to start us off with reading the first one? Sure thing. So the first one says, a lot has happened between the last Army Anonymous and this one. Important fandom accounts being described as a journalist, uh, streamers complaining about followers, but uh, Borahe funds and nonprofit XLs getting brave out of nowhere. The thread from a 30-year-old psychologist describing the members and probably more to come. But the one that personally bothered me the most was journalists demanding translations. Not that I don't believe official translations to be good, but the tone and explicit, I pay, therefore I deserve attitude. Yes, I would love to have translations with all the content provided because it would ease the translator's tensions and the info would get faster to the rest of the fandom. And we know Hive does have the means to do it. But to see tweets that directly target the money we willingly spend, uh, especially coming from white monolingual people, proved how they're used to receiving everything on a silver platter. Maybe I feel that way because English is not my first language, and I'm aware that if I decide to look into content outside of my native language, it's up to me to search for translation. I would love to know your opinions on this topic. Love the podcast and both of you. Thank you for doing this. And this is from Mexico. Well, we love doing this, so I'm glad you enjoy this podcast um like i don't know i always get so shy when people just like randomly <laughs> end it with oh by the way love you guys i'm just like oh it's like I oh respond? stop it stop it <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah no this is this is a debate that's like not even you know between armies and journalists but armies and other armies about when it comes to what is the line 
that is drawn and when is it crossed when it comes to demanding translations right i definitely agree with that and i think that um one thing that i have noticed is that some people do get ridiculously entitled when it comes to translations because i was saying this actually a few weeks ago when um they were releasing because what had sparked the discussion for all who may have not been present was um the release of festa content oh Um, yes and so obviously if you're new to army like you literally just came in here from like permission to dance on friday first of all welcome second of all Um, To catch you up to speed, basically FESTA is um, uh, this kind of like celebration that BTS do for their anniversary every year where they release things like um, extra behind the scenes content, maybe dance practices, songs or whatever, just as like little gifts to armies, you know, just to say thank you for sticking around. And then they also have like this um, FESTA special episode where it's usually like an hour or two, like depending on um, how long they're talking, but it's usually like a segment where they just sit down and reflect on their time as BTS and, you know, all the things that they've done and all the things that they've achieved. So that's basically what Festa content is. And um, usually for Festa content, what they do is they do like these things called member profiles where they'll basically talk about like every member will talk about like a specific person will take turns talking about a specific member um talk about their traits their qualities blah 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 like they do that all for each other and then they also do one for army um and the problem arose when people were noticing that because like it was like a handwritten profile by bts and people were saying that it would be nice to have some translations to go along with those um with those uh profiles because they were like, oh, well, most of us, we can't read Korean handwriting, obviously. So, like, it would be nice to have, like, even if it was, like, like a PDF, like, an extra PDF that you could look at on the side or something. Because, like this person said, BTS, uh, their company, they have the means to do it. Um, but then people were just, their tone of voice was just really, really bugging me because some people would be like, uh, like, I don't even know, like, how to pick a specific yeah, example. People were just like really weird about it like i think it's okay to be like hey because there was another festa thing where they actually provided a separate translated part for it um i know the army quiz had like an english translation i think there might have been something else um yeah that also came with an english version and so if you were like hey we see that they can create an extra file for translating. It would be nice if they could do that with handwritten notes as well, just so it gives translators a bit of a break because there are also armies, and you know, Festa is supposed to be a time of relaxing and celebration, so it would be nice if translators had not so much on their plate. Yeah. And I think that's a perfectly fine approach um, because, first of all, Hype does have the means to do it, as we've seen they've provided translations for other Festa content, and it comes from a place of... It comes... Was that Alice? Um, yes, it was Alice. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard her in the background before, but that was my cat, Alice, who just fell off the top of the closet because oh, no. she's a clown. Um, <laughs> but anyway, 
it's definitely okay to, you know, ask for things because you believe that it will genuinely benefit a large group of people. However, a lot of people's tone just came off as very selfish and demanding. It, it wasn't, it wasn't critical. It wasn't, you know, it was really just like spoiling the whole festa mood. Right. They were just like going out of their way to tag like Hybe's official accounts on Twitter and just berate them publicly, like insult them. Like there was no constructive feedback, no nothing. It was not worded in a neutral tone. It was just overall disrespectful. And then I remember talking about it at that time and I was like, it is perfectly okay to want translations. Nobody's saying you can't do that. But if you're going to do that, stop harassing the employees who are going to have to read your posts in your emails. And they're going to have to look at all this like disgusting, like in like all these people insulting them basically. And I don't feel like employees should be subjected to all that. And people, some somebody, I remember I um, argued with that, this person under my mention, they were talking about, oh, um, uh, Hive is run by a billionaire. He, I'm sure he's not going to care about like a singular post on Twitter. I'm like, when you send these emails to Hive, they're not going to bang Shehawk. Um, because why would a CEO spend all day reading emails when he clearly has the staff to do that for him? Like, that's the whole point of being the CEO and chairman of Hive Entertainment. The fact that you don't have to do all the things that you've hired other people to do for you. So, like, those emails where you're dragging the staff members, where you're insulting them, where you're cussing them out, that's going to a completely different department. It's not being read by Bank PD. It's going to be read by the, um, it's going to be read by the head of that particular department. And they're going to have to look through that. And I don't feel like, people really understand like we talked about this earlier we talked about this in episode 19 a little right. bit um and then we also talked about it um i can't remember what exactly maybe it was in a previous army anonymous probably was but about the coffee incident and basically an army had wanted to purchase coffee uh, for all of Hype's employees on the first day of the new building opening. And a lot of people were so angry because it was like, why are you, you know, buying money for billionaires that can clearly purchase their own coffee? Why are you supporting, um, you know, capitalism and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... You do understand that the average Hybe employee is the one who's getting this free coffee. These are your makeup artists, your janitors, your... In-house producers. Your in-house producers, your stylists, your creative directors, your choreographers and backup dancers. There are just like so many people that are behind the scenes that make you know a company run and that's who the coffee is for and i think it was just i don't know i i it was just so like fake i don't know it it's fake woke it's performative activism it's fake woke performative activism that yeah that's what i was thinking of 
to criticize things like that because you're not actually criticizing the right thing or the right people. The employee that probably makes like 40k a year is not the destruction of society, okay? Um, it's not gonna, you know, tear down the rainforest if a nice army wants to buy them a free coffee. Exactly. It was the cutting out of the middleman and assuming that when people say, I'm going to buy coffee for Hive employees, we mean Bang PD for some reason. It's like, where where is all common sense gone? Where has the logic gone? I don't understand why people think that when we talk about Hive, like it just like automatically means Bang PD. There's other staff that work in this building. People who are, there's probably like hundreds, maybe even thousands of people who work for Hive at this point. And so it, I, it really just confuses me how people automatically think that, like, the only person who works at Hive is just Bang PD. And it's like, where have you they been? They really do. It's so funny. I'm like, you, you guys need to understand that he is not the one that is, like, reading all your tweets. Unless you actually tag his Twitter, Hitman Bang, there's... there's like he he's he's not reading who's tagging hype like no it's someone it's a designated team in a room in an office somewhere on like the 12th floor of hype exactly like people really do not understand how companies work and it just goes to show you how young the people are who are criticizing this because these are people who have never, who've probably never had to work before, so they don't understand um, the different departments that might be in a company. They don't understand how conglomerates work, as we've talked about before. Because everyone wants to be on Bakit's case for Monopoly acquiring this, companies. Monopoly that, and I'm just like, can y'all stop using terms? Because you're clearly not educated enough to be using them and i know that kind of sounds mean but you you sound so stupid you don't sound smart you sound ridiculous so unless you really understand the scope of what is happening with hybe acquiring these smaller companies which by the way all they've acquired is Pletus and Source Music. That that the line ends. Like, that's it. Like, every, like people keep saying, uh, oh, they keep acquiring companies as if, like, they're just collecting all these, all the small companies they can, like their Pokemon badges. And I'm like, guys, all they did was acquire Pletus and Source Music and also within the same span a few months, too. I'm pretty sure. Right. So, like, nothing, the only recent thing that's happened is them buying Ithaca Holdings, um, which is Scooter Braun's company, and knowing that uh, Scooter is cleaning Hype's toilets brings me great joy, <laughs> so, like, I, I have no issue. <laughs> The guy is in the back of the kitchen, slaving away over the over the stove, trying to make burgers for everyone at the high building. We love to see it. Exactly. But when 
But when Spotify Korea launched and Kakao, who owns Melon, was like, uh oh, don't like this competition, went and took like 40% of the K pop industry off of Spotify. Like, that's what you know is a problem. And you know that the artists weren't even alerted that their music was going to be taken off Spotify. And so when Kakao M owns. A bunch of companies as well as owns a majority of distribution rights to the point that you know most k-pop groups that like you can actually name you know not just like no-name groups but groups that actually you've heard of are just being taken off spotify in a switch because they don't like the competition like that's an issue that's an actual marketing, uh, a market competition issue that people should really be looking at, not Hype now having, providing more resources for Source Music and Pletus. And honestly, we can't even say Source Music anymore because G-Friend surprisingly didn't renew. And so like Source Music is just vibing like they have no one. That's actually crazy to me. I don't know what they're planning to do after this. I, but. I know. I know there's, if you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen the conspiracy theory that like Hive made G Friend disband. And I'm just like, why would they, what, what kind of why dumb business move? Like why would they fumble their bag like that? Like, be real. Um, I'm pretty sure Source Music was like sitting there, surprised Pikachu face when the girls did not renew their contracts. Because it's not like they have another group lined up i mean i'm sure they have trainees of course but they don't they don't have anyone else yeah so nothing is really set in stone but like yeah just to go back to like the submission i do agree that like when it comes to a lot of the complaints from people about translations like the entitlement i definitely did see it come a lot more from monolingual english speakers and I always take an issue with that because they're just so used to being catered to that like it's just the way that they form their opinions, the way that they form their ideas, it's it just ends up becoming very entitled. It's like very Karen, let me see your manager type behavior. And I'm not here for it. If you want to um contact, you know, the company about getting translations for things like Festa content. It will literally not kill you to simply just go to the correct email and say, hi, I think it would be nice if this had translations and perhaps give suggestions. Don't just cuss them out and then give no, no concrete feedback and expect them to even answer you or take your query seriously because they won't. And so when it comes to stuff like this, stop dehumanizing the staff that have to read your poorly worded emails because that is what enables the negativity to keep going and honestly seeing it publicly on my timeline as well it really like did not make me happy like it's supposed to be festa i'm supposed to be happy i'm supposed to be vibing instead i had to be seeing your hot takes on twitter.com why i don't i don't need to see that exactly like it just really everyone was arguing for hours over whether Hive should provide translations or not, and, like, at this point, my problem, it wasn't even about the translations. It was just, like, everyone's attitude surrounding it. 
Um, and I just think that there are more appropriate ways to handle things. And I hope moving forward, we, we can, you know, reflect and, you know, think before we act and want to ask Hi to provide something. Exactly. So the next submission says, after the extreme manipulation the industry pulled off with the whole Olivia versus BTS thing and how bold the various platforms were with it, I'm really wondering if there will be a whistleblower of some sort who will expose the industry. It's so blatant. If I were an insider, I'd be so mad just from watching that I wouldn't be able to not expose it in some way. Do you think this will ever happen? And if it does happen, how dirty will the industry be willing to bury it? Uh, it seems very unlikely, but theorizing about it is very satisfying. And this is from Germany. Yeah, I love when it, this. Yeah, when it came to the Olivia BTS thing, for all who don't follow, basically Olivia Rodrigo is a um, fairly new um, music artist. She gained a lot of popularity re- very recently with her song driver's license and after that blew up she's uh been you know just kind of been making music since then and she recently um came out with an album called was it sour yes yeah so she came out with sour and um if she just came out with the song and you know minded you know just stayed in her lane i feel like no one would really have a problem the problem came with the way that her label was pushing her I wouldn't really necessarily blame this on her because I don't know how much agency she has in this type of promotion. But for now, I'm just putting full blame on her label because basically um, Olivia is what most people would call an industry plant. And for people who don't know what an industry plant is, an industry plant is a person who is getting heavy industry support and yet it's like their attention their clout and their success is being framed like it's an organic thing like it's coming from organic demand when it's not it's the industry fabricating that demand themselves and then portraying it as organic which is what people mean by an industry plant they were just planted there by the industry but not many people necessarily um might listen to their music as much as they say they do basically the numbers don't match up Um, So when it came to um, her album and the way it was being promoted, um, there was this instance, I believe it was a K-Army who saw it on YouTube because this was like her her lead single for Sour was uh, released around the same time as Butter. And so um, what had happened was when we were streaming during the tracking week, some K-Army had saw an ad on YouTube And basically Olivia's music video was being promoted as like in competition with BTS for the number one billboard spot. And I don't know if those weren't the exact words, but it was something along the lines of that where it was like explicitly stating in the title that they were competing with BTS for the number one spot. And it just was very shameless, unprofessional promotion. And like, I really don't understand how people can say that like, she's not a plant when you have her industry promoting her like this meanwhile bts literally just drop their music and go i know she was she was on the top of like every spotify playlist she was the first one on the spotify korea playlist like it was like olivia and then bts so like bts couldn't even be at the top of the playlist for their home country like that's when you know something's off 
Um, and then also when analytics are coming out, yeah, she had a lot of streams and a lot of um, playlisting and a lot of audience, but she had so little sales. Right. Um, and it's through sales that we have been able to keep butter uh, at the top because sales are always going to be weighted heavier than a single stream. One sale um, is heavier than one stream. It takes like a certain number of streams to like equal one sale. Um, so like that's kind of how those units work. And so that's how we've been able to keep, you know, butter at the top. But dang, it's just it's just so crazy that people refuse to see how she's like being pushed. And like I've never seen any other Disney star be pushed like this, like Selena and Demi. Like this whole playlisting thing is it's something that's very new to music within like the past five years, I feel like. Um and it's just so crazy what goes on behind the scenes, which is why I really like this ask because I think about it all the time. I really want, like, 10 years from now for there to just be a really in-depth, like, dirty BTS documentary that just really exposes all the crap that they went through. Um, right. And armies have been aware of it for so long because we're the ones who combat it. And so it's so crazy to see an article come out a few months later that tells us what we already have known. Right, um, like people people really um, figure stuff out like so much later than us because no one is ever inclined to believe what we say because we're armies and so for some reason we can't be trusted or being dramatic, we're over-exaggerating and then the truth comes out and it turns out we were right the whole time and then suddenly people are taking all this information that we've already relayed and repackaging it as something that was new something that they just discovered and it really gets irritating because it just goes to show you how like we literally have to be hard caring doing all the work to research all this stuff and it still gets taken and stolen by other people and um just uh, pr uh portrayed as original think pieces by them when it's clearly not it's army rhetoric exactly and so yeah i just love to see everything exposed and then me sit there like yeah we've been new um, but honestly, I don't know if it'll ever happen, even though it's so blatant even now. And another thing we didn't point out, but it's interesting that Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish are under the same label, but mm. Billie's new song that I can't even remember the title of, um... The fact that you can't even say it, that, like, out of your own mouth, exactly, like, that's crazy. It basically, it flopped, okay? Um... <laughs> And Olivia is just, like, at the top. And that's what these labels do. They have this, you know, new young girl who is going to be a star, make the money for about three to four years, and then they move on to the next one. Like, it's so obvious. On top of that, notice how they both do a type of alternative pop. You know, you have Billie Eilish with her very dark uh, themes that she talks about in her songs. And then Olivia, she's more of like a kind of like a, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it like conventional pop. I would say it's definitely more leaning towards alternative, which is also something that's like kind of Billie's niche. So it's very interesting to see the similarities between them. 
and the fact that it just really seems like their label just found a new shiny new girl to promote and they just decided to kick Billy to the curb, which sucks because, you know, once if you don't have a stable fan base and a lot of your promotion and a lot of your, um, well, basically just a lot of your demand is just fabricated by your industry, then it's really going to hit you hard once they decide to move on to somebody else. Because for BTS, because of the fact that all of what they've achieved now is through like almost solely fan power, regardless of whether like their uh, American label would have like decided to keep with them or like drop them, like BTS would be relatively unaffected. That's also the same with like, for example, like a lot of the rules that Billboard has gone around and like changed and adjusted over the past few years, none of them have affected BTS because obviously, again, like I said, most of their hype comes from just the fandom power alone. So you can't really touch that. Fandom power is one thing that nobody can really take away from an artist. And so that's why a lot of people are threatened by BTS because they know that armies are people who know how to put their money where their mouth is and they have no influence over what we do. It's funny. There's always um, articles about a chart rule change and people will be like, huh, ended BTS. And then BTS end up on top. and All their faves end up at the bottom. And and then the same thing happened with domestic charts in South Korea when Melon updated their rules to, like, prevent, um, to prevent, like, mass streaming, like, reflecting the general public. And look, what do you see? BTS is still topping the charts. So... Yeah, BTS have fan power, they have GP power, they have everything, um, and yet there's just this, like, we still have to fight with our skin and teeth to get number one. Like, it has been exhausting um, trying to keep butter at the top but you know what it's all worth it it's all worth it when i log into weverse and yungi is like crying (laughs) right it's just i just it's all for them at the end of the day but i will say we are getting better at keeping stuff on the charts especially Mm -hmm. the fact that we kept this number one like seven weeks that is no joke like dynamite it took everything we had to get it number one for just that one week the fact that we even managed to get it at number one for a second week and then have it repeat like that even shocked me but like it i feel like it was way more difficult back then to even consider getting a track onto the top of the billboard charts even though dynamite was in english um but now i feel like it's it's just gonna get um a lot more easier as long as we find our balance and just figure out how to adjust because that's at the end of the day that's what we end up having to keep doing every year just adjust our techniques and just go with the flow so i feel like we are definitely getting better and yeah in terms of the whole whistleblower thing i mean we'll look back on this in a few years and only time will tell if people outside the fandom will actually notice and try and spread the word of all this manipulation but for now people are getting mad at bts because they have fans who buy music so clearly right now the bar is in hell yeah i I don't think we're going to see it within, honestly, within the next few years, but I am hoping that, you know, at least someone will put their foot down 
and be like, look, this, this has got to stop. But yeah, um, moving on. The next submission they say is Hype Becoming a Monopoly, and this is from the USA. And once again, like I kind of went off in earlier, um, no, they are not. Um, and to really, you know, discuss this just like one more time, um, to describe a monopoly, to define it, is basically the exclusive possession or control of the supply of or trade in a commodity or service so it basically refers to when a company and its product offerings are dominating one sector of an industry and they have basically exclusive control over that service in a particular market yeah so let's say for example like if i i don't know i ran an ice cream shop and i wanted to be the only person to sell ice cream in my area, then me becoming a monopoly would be that I would build my company up and then I would have complete control over like just ice cream sale, ice cream, everything, like everything to do with ice cream. Like my company will be in control of that because I want to diminish the power of others. I don't want them to get the edge over me. And that's normally why people become monopolies so they can have complete control of that particular product in a particular area. So the question is, I becoming a monopoly? No, I don't know why people are acting like acquisition is a new thing. I'm not saying this person is, but like in general, like with K-pop fans, like they're getting so mad at Hybe for acquiring things, but like people have been acquiring other companies for a time. SM has subsidiaries. YG has subsidiaries. JYP has subsidiaries. There are plenty of big companies in Korea that have subsidiaries and people are acting brand new because Hive decided to acquire only two companies, like literally just two. And one of them, which is basically kind of null and void, as we just talked about, GFriend, RIP to them. I don't know what's going to be happening with Source. And then we've got Pletus that has 17. Um, but in terms of that, like Hive really hasn't done that much else except for buying Scooter Bronze Company, but that's literally nothing compared to how many subsidiaries some other labels have. So I don't see how Hive is being seen as the devil's reincarnate because like we've talked about before, um, Hive, because they're kind of like in a rock and a hard place, given the fact that BTS is responsible for like the majority of their income. And it would take too long to find new trainees all over again and have to debut a new group because that might take like a few years at the very least, given how long the training the training time usually is. Um, so that would not be in time for like BTS who were definitely going to be going to military service, like starting like at the end of this year to like the beginning of next year. So like they obviously need a a better plan. They need a plan B. And so acquiring companies that have already existing successful groups is a way to combat that because then if BTS happen to be like, you know, doing their service, then they can have other alternatives. They can be putting their resources into other groups that are already successful. They won't worry about having to build them up as much. I also barely consider like source music uh a real i don't know the acquiring source music was expected and not a surprise and makes a lot of sense because the ceo 
of Source Music and Bang PD are longtime friends. Uh, Bang PD has produced for G Friend uh, during their rookie years, so that relationship has been there for many, many years. And it's, I don't know, it's just like absolutely no surprise that um, that Hybe would, you know, help out SourceMew and acquire them. Yeah, so, so yeah, in short, um, Hybe acquiring companies does not suddenly mean that they want to be the only label in charge of music distribution in the entire K-pop industry. It just means that... And, and they don't, because... You know who's Hybe's distributor? YG is their music distributor now. So, um, it's like, it's not even like they are owning distribution because they go through another company, um, for that. Um, and if you don't believe me, grab your Butter album, whatever album you have, your recent, maybe you have your TXT Freeze album, maybe you have an Unhypen album. Maybe you got your Butter albums in. If you looked at the packaging, you will see next to where it says, you know, Hybe, uh, you will see a small YG label, and that is because that is who Hybe distributes albums through. So, yeah, they, they aren't even in control of everything. Yeah, so I hope that answered your question, um, because a lot of people are definitely... Um, picking up on the use of the word monopoly across K-pop Twitter, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing it. So, yeah, we hope that answered your question. So, next submission, this one says, I haven't bought ARMY membership yet, planning to buy soon. I guess I'll just buy without any merch or kit. Is is it the right time to buy now? Should I just go to Weaver Shop and buy it, or anything else I've considered to before buying, like, dates or something? Um, and this is from India. Okay, so they're basically asking if this is the right time to buy a membership kit or if um, they have to consider anything else before buying. In my opinion, I think the ARMY membership is the most beneficial for when it comes to getting concert tickets. Yeah. Um, and since there are no concerts right now because of COVID, and honestly, COVID is still looking bad in lots of places right now i mean we're in the u.s where it's you know getting a little bit better because we're the american government and we like to monopolize um vaccines so poor people can't have yeah that's a true Um, monopoly (laughs) right right um so i i don't see them going on a world tour um, this year, maybe the end of next year, hopefully. So if you want to buy the ARMY membership, it just really depends on how bad you want the exclusive merch kits, basically. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. Because for me, um, I would probably wait if, if it's like for concerts or stuff and you're really more concerned about that, then I would suggest waiting. If not, and you really want the merch, I would say just go ahead and buy it now. Um, Because they definitely do have, like, a lot of cute stuff. I don't have the membership either, but, like, I've seen some of, like, the merch that they send to people, and the kits look really cute, so. Yeah, I mean, if you want to add to your BTS collection, then it's definitely um, 
you know, something you can get. But also considering there are no concerts happening right now, it's really not a necessity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's some setup. The next submission says, do you truly believe that ARMY will be the downfall of BTS? And this is coming from Spain. And no, I do not, because people have been saying this for years. I've been here since 2015, which you probably know if you've been following this podcast for a while, because we talk about it all the time. Um, For years, people will say, oh, armies are going to destroy BTS, and BTS is going to fail because armies are so toxic, and they're going to ruin their connections with the industry and whatnot. But the only reason BTS is afloat is because of armies and Mm -hmm. that's how it's gonna be for the next few years bts only have armies only armies support them 100 percent of every step they take and so no if anything armies are just gonna continue to push bts to greater heights like they have done so for the past few years i've been here couldn't have said it any better because um you've been here 2015 i've been here 2016 so i've seen people say this all the time as well and it has never ever come to fruition because if there's anything bts love doing is proving auntie's wrong and let me tell you something k-pop fans always say they're like oh i feel sorry that bts has fans like armies they're just so toxic and they're so selfish they're rude they're disrespectful and it's like First of all, quit generalizing just because you see a couple of toxic people in your timeline. Maybe if you people actually clean your timeline, um, listen to episode three for more details on that. Um, Like, I feel like people just really don't take the time to go out and look for people who are just genuinely good um, K-pop fans online. And that's why their perspective is so distorted. And because they think that armies are so toxic that we're just going to somehow let BTS fall as if fan wars on Twitter somehow translate to, like, support. Like, I don't I understand. Know. They really think, like, Twitter is a real representative of, like, the entirety of what happens in the K-pop fandom sphere. And it's so tiring. And also, okay, let's say, yeah, armies are, you know, the most toxic fandom, whatever. Complaining about that on Twitter is not going to make BTS stop selling albums. It's not going to make them stop getting wins on music shows like you can tweet armies are toxic all you want but your faves are still not getting that triple crown yep they're still not getting that puck 20 20k likes on those anti-army posts but none of that translates into streams 20,000 likes on a armies are toxic tweet but how many streams um does your fave have on their recent comeback let me let me see what is it like plus 300 that's what i freaking thought because they are on the verge of bankruptcy and you honestly think that tweeting about how much you hate armies and bts is somehow going to just like magically stop bts from succeeding right like toxic or not if armies do anything it is support bts so regardless of whether our behavior is condonable or not like armies are still going to be buying albums they're still going to be streaming they're still going to be attending concerts so i don't understand how toxicity online somehow translates to bts like just flopping out of nowhere like i really never (laughs) i never understood that logic i'm sorry (laughs) 
I I know it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting. I I feel so bad for like all these K-pop groups whose fans are on Twitter being like, I don't need a stream to enjoy the music. Like, whatever that means. It's like, ma'am, the landlord is banging on your fave's door, <laughs> and you're talking about streaming is not important. Like, go support Their them. Their electricity and water bill hasn't been paid in two months. Like, you, you get on Spotify right now. Get off Twitter. I'm telling you, this is the fifth time they've had to throw an eviction notice in the trash to pretend like they didn't see it, and you're here talking about <laughs> how streaming and buying is not important. Like... You people are focusing on the wrong things. <sighs> but yeah, that I think we can move on. Um, the next submission says, What do you think about the spaces feature on Twitter and how we can be more effective when it comes to reporting harmful spaces and accounts slash creating slash participating in them? I'm asking this because what I've seen happen again and again is that a lot of armies feel the need to interact with those accounts and enter the spaces instead of ignoring, blocking, and reporting. Which I do understand to some extent, because it's very hard to stay quiet when such awful things are being said about people we love so much, but it makes it much harder to take them down. However, I also feel like Twitter never takes down spaces while they're happening and only analyzes them once they're over. Because, for example, with the whole fetish pinks thing, which is a Twitter account, um, Twitter group chat, by the way. Um, there was a point where there were definitely enough people who had reported the space for it to be taken down, but it wasn't. I wonder if it's because there were lots of people listening, or if it's really because Twitter only goes through the reports after. It's weird because we know Twitter knew what was happening since they added descriptions to the hashtags that were trending, yet the account that created the space was still up. Sorry, this is kind of all over the place. Feel free to paraphrase if you decide to use my comment. And this is from Portugal. And I think this, you know, ask really summed up everything. Like, how do we use this technological feature that's been granted to us um, in a way that's, you know, meaningful, but at the same time, how do we combat that it is inherently not meant to be productive like this feature it's clear based on how twitter handled the entire situation um if you weren't on twitter what was happening with the fetish pinks group chat we're not going to go into it it's a lot and it's quite um disgusting and disturbing the things that were being said so we're not going to go into it but Clearly, Twitter knew what was happening, and they didn't do anything about it, so they inherently thrive off of drama and the likes and the engagement that's happening because of drama. So, how do we combat that? I honestly don't know, because it's systemically built to be not it's not made for the purpose of having quality discussion no not at all because honestly i feel like it was such a bad decision to put spaces on twitter because twitter um by nature is already such a toxic place um and the formatting makes it worse i really don't feel like spaces needed to be added i didn't feel like that was what we were missing 
Um, what we were missing was folders for our bookmarks, but now they make us pay for those. So honestly, screw Twitter for that. But um, I really think that they shouldn't have added that feature. I feel like it should have just stayed on Clubhouse because Clubhouse just felt like a break from Twitter. It felt like we could actually discuss things in proper detail and it was a lot more moderated and whatever but like now that you've put it on twitter in such an already toxic space um giving people who are toxic the jurisdiction to um uh basically decide who gets to speak who doesn't what they get to say and like there's basically next to no repercussions so far i really think that twitter is crazy for what they did i feel like spaces need to be taken off of twitter actually I find it absolutely insane, like, how quick, how absolutely quick everyone was to copy Clubhouse. I was like, you, did you guys have Clubhouse's blueprints? Like, were they stolen from their basement and you have been secretly working on this? Because once Clubhouse started getting just even a teensy bit a visibility popularity everyone was like we need to have our own spaces now spotify is now having like their own version of spaces and they were like this is great for podcasters and i'm like no we're good <laughs> yeah the whole thing is just very stupid i just i i, I hope they take that function down because it gave people way too much power with it they they can't moderate it they can't report ones that are being um used in ways that clearly violate their terms of service like i don't understand at all what's what's the point right exactly so next submission says <clears throat> they say i'm wondering how to support u.s armies better for billboard charts i want to donate money but ever since my go to fund account for uh funds for Barrington closed down I haven't been sure where to donate. I don't know any U.S. armies personally who I can fund directly. To just tweet out that I want to fund seems risky since I can't know if people responding can be trusted. How can I help? And they are, this is from outside the USA. <laughs> That's funny. They said outside the USA. Well, first of all, that's really kind of you and we appreciate the service. Um, and yeah, it can be really hard to you know, find um, ways to help, but also make sure the accounts that are helping are trustworthy. It seems that um, the most popular and valid funding account I've seen for U.S. and Puerto Rican armies is the account U.S. Army Funds on Twitter. Um, they have a tracker that shows their um that basically it's a google docs page and it shows how their funds are being used and they have about i think like 24k followers so they have a pretty decent following as well so if you guys want to find a funding account specifically to help the u.s billboard charts then u.s army funds is the go-to Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I think that if you want to go and reach out to them and just ask some questions, if you're not sure, that would probably be your best. Uh, that'll probably be your best route. So good luck with that. Um, hope you find out what you were looking for. So the next submission says, hi, firstly, I love you guys' podcast. 
I've been in ARMY for about a year now and have made sure I've fully educated myself on BTS and ARMY's history, as I feel it's crucial to understand how the past has shaped both BTS and the fandom, but there are still a lot of gaps in misinformation. I just wanted to ask if you maybe consider doing an episode talking more about BTS's history, like what happened in 2017 and 2018, not only to BTS, but also ARMY. I've heard names like Eshi and uh, Selgia, but I don't know fully what happens there. I've tried my best to research, but come up short because a lot of this discourse was on Twitter. There are probably so many more things I am unaware of. Could you guys help newer armies like me fully understand the past? Hopefully I made sense. Any help would be amazing. I think that that is a great idea, honestly. I love that idea, yeah. Yeah, because there's one thing that a lot of people do say that they appreciate about our podcast is that we provide a lot of context for certain situations and we basically give background information. So I feel like definitely we should explore um, doing some episodes on BTS's history because I really do feel like it is super hard for newer armies to figure out what exactly went on um, in 2017 and 2018 because... Again, Twitter, it's so hard to find information. So, like, I know. And, like, honestly, we could probably do an episode for like every year from debut to like now because there has never been an uneventful year with bts i'll say that yep actually i think that might be a good idea to have like a little bts history saga so we'll definitely look into it so thank you for your suggestion right so the next submission says <clears throat> they say the solo accounts that our fan bases for members like x member chart data or x member update etc have helped solo stands grow inside our fandom and then they say army Salka day is all about clout it was made by army so that bts can see our faces but now it's all about showing off some people even do photo shoots just so they can get more retweets and likes each time. Some people can't afford pretty clothes, don't know how to apply makeup, don't know how to use filters or Photoshop the pictures, etc. So when they tweet a normal picture with natural look, lighting, and normal clothes, they get no interaction. That can shake someone's confidence. And this is from Algeria. Yeah, I definitely see what they're saying about the um, Army Selka Day because... Um, yeah, it did originally start off as just like showing our faces and whatever, but <clears throat> some people, I, you know, they enjoy dressing up. They want to make it like a really good photo. And while I do think that there's nothing wrong with that, there also is sometimes where I do raise eyebrows as to why some people are trying really hard, especially when, like, for example, people post their um, Army Selka Day posts early. Yeah, this is, this is, that's the thing that gets to me the most. Honestly, I don't really mind if people, like, do whole photo shoots and stuff because, you know, that takes, like, a lot of effort and a lot of energy. And, and creativity as well. A lot of, and a lot of creativity, you know, to take the time out to, like, plan that and plan a background and plan um, an outfit. Like, it takes a lot of, you know, effort, um... However, why are you posting it like two days before Army Selka Day? And if you're new and you're wondering, when is Army Selka Day? It is the first Tuesday of every month. Therefore, some people uh, will post it Tuesday Korean Standard Time. Some people will post it Tuesday uh, whatever their time zone is. So it kind of will span about two days just because, you know, Korea is so far ahead in the global time zone so 
yes, you know, some people might post theirs a little bit earlier, but why are you posting on, like, Sunday Korean Standard Time? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Not like, Sunday. Like, some people post... It's true. I've seen it. And I'm like, and then I have to check my calendar and be like, do, do I just like not know my days anymore? Um, yeah, because I'll just be so, looking. And it's like, why? Like, it is so ridiculously early. And it's like, I have to be looking. I'm like, is it Tuesday anywhere? Like, what? what is happening? <laughs> like, where is it Tuesday? <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> I get maybe somewhere it is, but definitely not in Korea. But yeah, uh, I feel like if there's people that are posting it super early, it's definitely to get likes. Um, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, discourage people from, like, dressing up and, like, doing makeup and, because, like, that's, you know, a fun experience for people and I don't think it's fair to kind of like make people feel bad just because others maybe aren't as artistically inclined at doing like fashion and photo shoots and stuff like that uh but at the same time it would be nice to you know hype up all the army circles you see so then that way even if people didn't put in the most effort for their circle day post you know we still see them and appreciate them and be like yes you're part of this fandom and yes our fandom is you know diverse and so i think there can be a balance between you know appreciating people that go out of their way to do artsy photo shoots and people that you know didn't do that much effort but still want to show their support agreed so the next submission oh wait oh i almost forgot about the first part of this ask actually they were talking about solo accounts for like members like x member chart data x member update they say that enable solo oh yeah they definitely you know solo stands are the main followers for those oh 100 percent um 100 percent like you you definitely um are on the nose about that and like Part of me is like, mm, like, okay, I guess it's, it's like, I understand the purpose because, you know, it can be a lot to focus on, you know, every single one's solo uh, achievements. But at the same time, there are so many things they celebrate that, like, don't seem necessary. Like, I'll, every once in a while, I'll just, like, randomly see, like, um, Abyss, third win. And I'm like, Abyss is a SoundCloud song. Like, what, Where what, is it winning? what awards is it winning? Where is it winning? Like, I don't understand. Um, and you will see uh, sometimes with, like, solo picture accounts. Um, there was that Jimin account um, that had basically, I think they had posted, like, either another member with Jimin or, like, or talking about another member and solos were like angry and the jimin account was like hey this is a jimin account but i'm not a solo stand and solo stands are not welcome um and so of course solos were very angry but at the same time a lot of armies were like oh well i'm definitely gonna follow this account because i know it's safe to follow right i think that definitely um picture accounts need to make their stance clear when it comes to um 
who they support because there's um because there's a lot of times where basically there will be solo stands and they'll be following an account and like you're not necessarily sure if that account is okay because they kind of don't like make any really specific mention of like oh by the way i'm not a solo it's not really in like their profile or like their bio or anything so sometimes it's like good to see them say that hey i don't condone solo behavior and definitely do follow those accounts if they make it very explicit because um, sometimes like this is why I kind of am hesitant to follow accounts like member picture accounts for example because it's like I don't know if the person running it is a solo or not so these days I just try not to engage with them too much um, but yeah when it comes to things like the chart accounts and like X member updates um, a lot of it is really stuff that like I do wonder like how necessary it is to report on it um, also, I understand it must be like very time consuming is for like every significant to like insignificant thing they have to announce about like that particular member, like it must take up a lot of time. Yeah, I think that summed up everything for that submission. Um, so now we can go on to the next one. And this one says... I feel like Twitter armies can get wrapped up in their Twitter bubble and forget that there are a lot of armies that even casual BTS listeners that aren't on Twitter and probably don't know the same things that Twitter armies do. For example, I have multiple friends who aren't dedicated Twitter armies but listen to BTS whenever they want. These people aren't going to use streaming playlists or even know every song in BTS's discography. And honestly, that's okay. I just think that people underestimate how many armies aren't on Stan Twitter, which is why they get surprised or disappointed when a certain song that's hyped on Twitter doesn't have as many streams, like Paradise, sadly, or if a non-Twitter army doesn't know about a SoundCloud song. And this is from the USA. And this person is completely right. Um, I, you know... We were having this discussion uh, a while back when they, when they talked about how, you know, songs that are hyped on Twitter don't have as many streams, and it's true. You'll see so many people on Twitter be like, oh, Dark and Wild BTS was the best. I miss hip-hop and R&B BTS. But you go on Spotify and, like, the R&B songs, like, Paradise is the least streamed song on spotify in love yourself tier um or at least like the second to last stream uh so what has like 20 million or 30 million more streams than paradise and i don't see anyone on twitter talk about so what um so like clearly the pop and edm side of bts is very popular um so there is just this, like, assumption that whatever is happening with the fandom on Twitter is clearly what's happening everywhere. And like this person says, that's not true at all. Right, like, think about, like, all the people who, for example, say, oh, um, uh, BTS, like, their songs, uh, they will talk about how overrated songs like DNA and Boy With Love were, but they're the first music videos to hit one billion views, so it's, like, clearly... The, the, the maths are not mathing if a bunch of people on Twitter are talking about how clapped a song is yet the song has the most views out of every other music video in their discography like make that make sense yeah I really don't buy the whole oh because it's BTS and people will listen 
and watch whatever as long as BTS's name is on it. And like part of that is true, but you still have to look at the discrepancy within BTS's own realm. There are still certain songs and music videos that are getting streamed way more than others despite that being against expectations right so definitely um yeah this person is right there just because something is being said on twitter doesn't mean it's being said everywhere and people should keep that in mind honestly but yeah that concludes the general section so now we're gonna go and get into the uh, the next section which is internal fandom concerns so this first submission says the existence of Borahe funds in our fandom is really scary. And there are. Did you see? Well, obviously you didn't see because you're on Skype, but oh my god, that bolt of lightning was so close to my house. Was that? I thought that was a bolt of lightning, but holy. Uh, I was about to say the other word. Whoa, how close was that? I literally saw. I don't know if that was the lightning or my life flashing before my eyes, but... <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh, that was so bright. I can't believe... Oh. Yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, you guys probably heard that, but a giant bolt of lightning just struck, like, probably right next to Daisy's house, because what was that? That was, like... It, it must have been, like, down the block or something. Oh my god, that was insane. Anyway, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, the submission. We were reading, I didn't even get through. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even finish it. We didn't even get. Okay, let's let's start from the top because that was terrifying. Okay, so this submission says the existence of Borahe funds in our fandom is really scary, and there are still people rooting for them. Reasonable people following them. They've deleted five months worth of tweets and have never been transparent. They claim themselves to be the backbone of this fandom, which is really absurd and false. I think funding is a good thing and important, but we need to collectively adapt for a bit of a different system of funding. Borahe Fund's already giving us an in turn BTS bad rep. Uh, they were about to go illegal. They act less like a fan base and more like a business. And I agree. For people who don't really use Twitter or anything, um, or just aren't really aware of what's going on, basically Borahe Fund's is a BTS funding account and a lot of what they've been doing, especially within the past few months, has been very questionable. I think we even talked about it on a different submission or something, because I do remember us talking about how they recently applied, will try to apply for a 501c3 yeah, for because um, basically PayPal had locked their account and basically were saying, we're not going to give your money back until you can prove that you're a proper nonprofit organization, which is what led to them trying to apply for 501c3, which I really don't think they are allowed to do. Um, so yeah, people were really getting plus, on them for that. Plus the, they kind of, the admins kind of seem pretentious not they seem pretentious and just not on the right mind with the fandom for example Borahe funds we mentioned this before but they explicitly said we are going to prioritize dynamite over life goes on so they explicitly said we're not going to shift the funds to life goes on and considering that armies are the one giving them money to chart songs um 
yes, you should prioritize Life Goes On because I promise, excuse me, I promise you the Grammys are not going to give Dynamite a Grammy because they had a few extra weeks on the billboard. Also, this was, like, very, like, when they said that, it was, like, very close to the actual date of the Grammy. So I'm like, whatever we chart, like, they've already already made made up their mind. So, like, it wasn't going to change whether or not Dynamite repeaked at number one. So, like, that was very pointless. It just just really pissed me off because life goes on. Like, it's just, it's such a meaningful comeback. Not just, you know, armies, but to BTS, you know, life goes on, I think was a make or break moment, especially for Namjoon, who started questioning, you know, himself and was wondering, is it really possible for a Korean song to chart number one? Do we have to continue to sacrifice a small part of our identity if we want to be heard does my message of music transcends language is that actually true um all of those thoughts were going through bts's mind and it's it's just really it really hurt me that they were thinking that and so the audacity to not support life goes on is unforgivable in my eyes right like what they were doing there was just really not okay and also the way that they um talk to other people who try and ask for transparency they keep on saying stuff like that you know uh, like they don't need to tell people certain things or if um you know they don't like somebody asking a specific question sometimes they'll threaten them with like legal action they'll say oh watch out my attorney or my lawyer or something is like monitoring this conversation and it's like why are you doing that like especially because like there's a lot of like minors in the fandom it's like why would you go and start talking about legal action and like you're probably talking to like a, like a 16 year old like what's wrong with you yeah i don't know Bore funds yeah they um they're off their top i really do not yeah i really do not recommend following them if you still follow them um they they're just i don't feel comfortable with the massive presence they have in the fandom and i don't feel comfortable with the large following they have so yeah probably follow um possibly block them and yeah that's all i want to say about borahe funds because i don't want to talk about them anymore yeah so the next submission says it's so obvious that some armies care more about numbers to boost their own egos instead of actually appreciating bts's music they use bts's success to clap back at irrelevant pfps on stan twitter but will call butter a flop even though it broke multiple streaming records just because uh it couldn't reach number one on spotify they worry about getting dragged by k-pop and western stands when those people have zero impact on bts's career it feels like these types of armies are just here for clout and it, genu- and it genuinely pisses me off that they value a song based on its charting performance more than its artistic and emotional impact and this is from the USA. Yeah, I definitely agree that there is this like sudden influx of quote-unquote armies who just who say that they're here for BTS and whatever but it's like you're you're just uh, like, you're I hate charting. You want to be a part of something. Right. You're I- not here for BTS. 
exactly like i just really hate chartneys and their attitude because these are the exact type of people who will berate u.s and um uh puerto rican armies for like whenever they're streaming and it's just not like to them it's just not enough or like for example we may not we may not have enough sales or something and it's like it's one thing to encourage the fandom to stream or buy a song in a way that's positive but then they'll just go out of their way to be so disrespectful and talk about you guys aren't trying hard enough without ever acknowledging that you know we are trying and the fact that we're doing this on fandom power alone should be um praised as is and also the fact that a lot of people have offline priorities and to just completely dismiss all of that is just so rude and i hate people who really do um treat bts's value um as synonymous with their chart position because even though i do think that a lot of us enjoy charting we enjoy giving bts these high positions on the charts we enjoy seeing their reactions um we should never forget why we're doing this and it's because we love bts's music if you're lost in the numbers then there's just going to be a point where you're not going to be happy because if your happiness depends on how many sales we have or how many streams we have or what our position is on the charts, then that's not a way to live. That's not appreciating the art. And I feel like those people are just clout chasers and they need to go. Yeah, you summed it all up. I don't understand how people could have joined the fandom like a few weeks ago and suddenly they're a shooter. And it's like, what are you doing? You don't even understand half of what is really going on like this fandom has really built itself up to get bts to chart certain ways they are um it's been a lot of work and people will try and discredit that and it's it just doesn't make any sense it's like how how are you going to get on Twitter, you know, fighting with aunties and complaining about numbers and streaming when that when that's never really been the priority? Yeah, it just none of it makes sense. So I really hope that these people just I, I feel like we need to have another fandom spring cleaning. We just need to get these people out because they really dampen the vibes during comeback season because, again, like I said, they're, they're going to be the type of people who are just overly negative on the timeline when they believe that we're not trying hard enough. And we don't need those kinds of people in the fandom. So, yeah. So the next exactly. submission, um, they say... Army is going along with the depiction of us as a military movement seem embarrassed at the actual meaning of army. We could be using it to counter the depiction of our guys in Western media, but are too ashamed to speak on our aspirational directive slash wish to be healthy, inclusive representatives of youth. And this is from the USA. This is actually an interesting take because, you know, sometimes I do see people who think that who like treat army like they don't treat it as the acronym that it is. They just treat it as like kind of like a military thing. But I feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an adorable representative of the youth. I think that it's cute. And even though like BTS said that like um, at the time they used to find it like a bit funny, but like now like did they say it was funny or maybe that was just army? I think 
to be honest, it was something like no, it, no, they laughed at the other one. Sorry, it was the bangle one, <laughs> the one that yeah. was like bells. That would have been actually so funny because then someone was like, imagine if we're like instead of army bombs, we just had like bells at the concerts. We were just ringing them. That would have been so funny. But like in terms, I feel like yeah, yeah in terms of like army, like the acronym, yeah, there's really not nothing to be ashamed of. It's it's cool. I think that you know armies in a sense are doing the name justice um just by simply existing and like doing all the great things that we do but it would also be nice to like see people outwardly embrace um the title like it would be nice to do like an army appreciation and then like we highlight armies that are doing you know very successful things in their career and in their life whether it be um it could be anything from you know starting nonprofits, um lobbying legislation um you know whatever it is there's so many you know things that armies are doing on a society level and it's a really good side of the fandom to see and it'd be nice if we start to highlight that more exactly um i think that definitely we need to take more time to like just appreciate the acronym for what it is because again like for example like bts's name like people used to laugh at their name they used to say it sounded stupid but like now they embrace it and they're totally comfortable with it like I feel like there should be no reason for us to feel insecure because if BTS is proud of their name, we should be proud of ours. Exactly. Yeah. So that concludes that submission. So the next submission, they say spreading of misinformation by YouTube commenters. And this is from the USA. Yeah. YouTube comment section is also another place I don't like because of the fact that there's no way to fact check. It's the same thing with like Twitter. It's all a bunch of he said, she said. Although I feel like YouTube exactly. comments are like a lot worse because it's like, it's not like there's a lot of linking going on. At least with like Twitter, you can quote tweet, you can link a specific yeah. tweet. YouTube comments, they have none of that. Well, I mean, you can YouTube link stuff, but like a- they just don't. Yeah, YouTube is just a bad game of telephone. Like, I, I don't know another way to describe it people people really just be saying anything and if i have to read one more youtube comment that goes actually hobie was supposed to be a vocalist and tay was supposed to be a rapper i'm gonna lose my mind i hate it i hate it so much like literally every single time like you'll talk you'll see at least one person say something like that and just all a bunch of other misinformation. And we've talked about misinformation before on our podcast. I think it might have been like episode 17 or something. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to misinformation being spread, I feel like it's especially bad in the YouTube comments. And um, it's also hard to correct. Um, so I don't know how we can necessarily combat that. I feel like we just need to be more vigilant in the comments. But again, it's frustrating that we have to go out of our way to do this instead of people just like fact checking. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a problem and hopefully it just, hopefully it gets better. Hopefully we don't have as much misinformation later down the line. The next submission says, there are way too many pick-me armies who drag other armies for completely harmless things like turning the BTS McDonald's packaging into creative projects. They think doing this will somehow make them better fans who aren't weird and obsessive. 
because deep down they're embarrassed about liking BTS, they care way too much about being validated by locals and other K-pop stands, and it's frankly embarrassing to see. From the USA. They spilled. Uh, 100%. Like, this, this is, you know, the hottest tea so far, and people really need to reevaluate themselves. I saw, like, this really cute TikTok. Um, someone, they turned, what they did was, is they turned the BTS meal sauces, they turned it, um, they cleaned it, and then they flattened it, and then they, like, put, like, this acrylic seal on it, and they turned it into a keychain. Mm. Um, and it looks pretty cool, um, and they, there's plenty of keychains already like that that exist, um... There was another army that did the same thing, but, like, with earrings, and it was, you know, quirky. It was cute. But the replies were dragging it so hard. They got jumped so bad. They got jumped so bad, and the the comments were all, oh, I'm an army, but this is just so weird, and... People are calling them a Korea boo. I know. It really caught me off guard, because I genuinely did not understand the issue at all. Like, it really felt like people were trying way too hard to, like, distance themselves when there there was really nothing wrong with the creative projects people were doing. Um, there was someone who um, had, like, a memory journal, and they were cutting out pieces of the BTS meal and, like, taping it into their journal. And wh- why is that any different than people that, you know, cut up? their movie tickets and put them in you know a journal like people collect different things and make collages out of them to store memories all the time but for some reason when people were doing it with the bts meal packaging the backlash was just astronomical right because like 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 you said like people do things like that all the time where they'll do like memory like little memory things and like they'll keep it um, to remember that time because for example like I have a friend who she travels a lot um, with her friends and so um, for all the trips that she took with her friends during her university course she um, kept all the plane tickets and then put them in this like frame that she hangs on her wall so like stuff like that I feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with it in fact it was cute like I looked at that picture frame with all the plane tickets so I was like that's amazing but people are like literally jumping armies for just like they first of all you're jumping them for upcycling i can't believe you people are jumping them for an environmentally friendly craft project you people are such losers um second of all you're just being so rude and just projecting your embarrassment and humiliation onto other people when it's not necessary because i remember they also did that for because remember that one um it was either a tweet or a tiktok that was posted on twitter but like somebody was filming like this school had like a K-pop club. It looked like a, like an elementary or middle school. And like there were mm-hmm. like these kids who were watching like it might have been like a TXT music video or something. And people were like literally dragging that in the comments. They're like, oh, imagine like being a K-pop fan in school. Like I know these people like eat lunch alone in the bathroom and stuff like that. They were just being so rude. And I'm like you're saying that with a k-pop profile picture like are you dumb right like i just did not understand the hate and it's like you're literally hating on children for watching k-pop they were they were like what like third graders they looked like they looked like 10 11 oldest maybe 
Yeah, I did not understand what was people's damage. Like, you guys, they must be like high schoolers or something. Because I promise you, as soon as you graduate high school, no one gives a crap about your interests. Oh, absolutely. In fact, the interests that you like, you just like them even more. Um, Like, there is no reason to be, like, so embarrassed over the things you enjoy like it's you those things bring brings you happiness um and it's harmless so i generally do not understand what people's damage is with bullying people just because they're more confident in being outspoken about what they like um and they aren't yeah i agree with you at the prospect that these people may be high schoolers because high school is always a time where people just get absolutely like crapped on for all of their hobbies and interests because like you said once you graduate literally nobody cares about what you do or what you like you will go to university and you'll see people dressed however they want enjoying whatever they want doing it however they want it and whatever they want it like nobody cares like i will walk down the hallway and i'll see one person in just a regular t-shirt and a pair of jeans and then another person walking alongside of them and they're dressed in all black uh goth attire like they're literally wearing a mini skirt a black mini skirt fishnets platform boots their hair is up in two black pigtails and nobody cares because why should we care yeah, and then you'll see them meeting up with their friend at the library who's dressed in, like, a bumblebee onesie suit. Like, no one cares. Like, you can wear, like, the weirdest thing. Like, yeah, sure, there's still gonna be people that, like, talk because that's just, like, a human thing. But, like, it's just, you, trust me, liking K-pop is definitely not what's gonna get you bullied in college and in your adult career people are like busy trying to like pay rent they're not worried about what you're doing i know (laughs) people are busy with their own lives everyone has their own interests and also you know when it comes to like bts um why should i um an adult woman it feels weird to say that an adult woman feel weird about liking adult men that are all older than me like they are a grown adult group so why can't a grown adult woman enjoy them like the math isn't mathing and even if like we were older than bts somehow that is also valid because again bts are still all grown men all of them are in their early to late 20s so I just do not understand it when people call like older armies like gross for finding BTS like physically attractive because it's like they're grown men. I don't understand what is a problem with finding them attractive as an older woman. Like there's literally nothing wrong with that. And I've even seen people go out of their way to call like older armies like pedophiles for liking see light like Daisy stay safe. Like, can they not? Like, why is it today that you want to be doing this? The day that I decide to record, you want to be loud. Okay. Anyway, like I was saying, so when when it comes to older armies, it's like, I don't know how you can sit there with a straight face and call 
an older army a pedophile for liking men in their 20s like explain how that works because people really this is really just like another case of like infantilization i think and just like think, also like bar- yeah. also a, a, like a type of probably like ageist misogyny there where people want to berate older women for just liking things because as an older woman you should only care about having kids and uh cooking in the kitchen because that's the woman's role apparently like people really like because like all the time like we we get submissions from older armies like from time to time on army anonymous where they're talking about how people have uh berated them on stan twitter for their age and the fact that they're proud about their age and the fact that they stand bts people will like bully them and talk about oh should you care about your kids or like paying your bills or blah 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 when it's like you literally do not want older women to have interests and it shows exactly my mom is in her 40s and she still loves harry potter for her birthday this past December, we um, spent two days binge-watching the Harry Potter movies all over again. Um, like, there's... I don't know, there's nothing wrong with having hobbies. Like, people are just so... I don't know, the superiority complex is so obvious and it, they need to cut it out. Because it's not cute. You don't look better. You just look like a hater. And also you're setting yourself up because then once you get older and um, people are bullying you for the exact same stuff that you used to bully people for, then it's like it comes full circle. Exactly. So the next submission, they say, armies need to email big hit about every little thing. We need to handle the fandom ourselves, in my opinion. This is from the USA. Um... This submission, I definitely agree with, where some armies feel like they have to email Hive for, like, every single thing that happens. It's like, no, you don't. You don't. Yeah, we don't. In fact, there's a, um, I'm gonna skip over the next submission, because there's one under her that says the same thing, also from the USA. They say, armies emailing Big Hit about fandom issues which should be settled slash dealt with by us. Um, and I, I agree. There's just, like, plenty of things that, um, Hyde has more important things to address. Agreed. Like, it just makes no sense, honestly. And, like, yeah, people really need to just learn how to handle stuff within the fandom. Not everything needs Hyde's, uh, attention. And... You know, people just really abuse their email and their Twitter at so much because this is why it takes them so long to get to stuff because their emails are so clogged with armies emailing them about like completely unnecessary things that could have just been dealt with without emailing them. And it and I can understand how frustrating it can be because even though they probably have a whole team that's like just dedicated to like answering these people's questions, imagine having to sort through like probably thousands of emails like every day most of which are probably insignificant like i would be i would be tight exactly i would be annoyed i'd be like i don't get paid enough for this (laughs) right so yeah we need to learn how to handle ourselves better so yeah and the next submission they say army's getting mad over bts flirting with pretty interviewers lol and this is from the usa uh, some people definitely need to work on their jealousy issues because it's like, what what is it with people acting strange every time BTS breathe near a woman? I don't understand. Yeah, there's this weird obsession um, with 
BTS being interviewed by a female interviewer, and then you need to find her socials, you need to find her background, you need to know everything about her. Um, and then you're, like, in her mentions for, like, weeks. Exactly. Like, it's it's getting weird, this need to, like, dig up everything about every person they interact with, like stop it right it's not necessary and it's really creepy honestly because it's like who begged you to look for like anybody's instagram who begged you to look for like you you, like literally within like a couple of hours somebody will have found some type of information that like nobody asked for and it's like why are you doing this why couldn't you just left a like on the video and gone your merry way people sometimes just need to I don't know if, if they just sometimes it's either that they look too hard for these girls information or they overcompensate in some other way i don't know people just some people just get very weird when it comes to bts and women and i feel it's because of the fact that obviously like they're usually just interacting with each other so we usually don't see them interacting that much with um other girls so when it does happen people can either get like uh really jealous and overprotective or people just like um I, they i feel like they just get weird in a different sense where it's like they kind of just like egg it on like too much they just kind of like beat a dead horse basically where it's like they'll go on and on mm-hmm. about like that specific interaction for days and maybe read too much into it sometimes also um i know this might be a hot take People are gay, Steven. People are gay, Julie. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> like, do you, uh, I definitely don't see the this amount of internet stalking when it comes to male interviewers. And I'll just leave it at that. Right. Like, some people, we don't even know BTS's sexuality. Like, they could be gay, straight, bi. They could even be asexual. We don't know. So, like, people acting like every time they um, hang out with a woman is somehow like threatening, like, I don't, I don't know, is somehow like, like they're about to like, I don't know, start dating that person. That's what people act like. They act like every time they interact with a certain person, it's like they, they just got down on one knee in marriage or something. It's, it's crazy. Like this is not an engagement. Exactly. Um, yeah. Next submission says, well, I think we really need to do something about the sheet mentality of many people in our fandom. And this is from India. And you're you're preaching to the choir because, yes, <laughs> we, we've been new. <laughs> like, yes, there is a sheet mentality um, problem. We say this pretty much every army anonymous for, like, no one fact checks. People just go with what other people are saying. People, um don't know if it's okay to like laugh at a meme or not laugh at a meme because someone might you know say that it's not funny and then everyone else is like ah now this person must delete because it's not funny because this person said so like once again it's a bad game of telephone going around and we need to end that game of telephone immediately yes put the phone down like honestly people really need to just work on um having their own opinions because it really just does not make sense the way that some people just continuously go along with whatever without ever checking without ever using their logic and it's just it just gets annoying because then 
other armies have to go out of their way to go and clear up any confusion, any misinformation. And it gets tiring because we always have to, there are armies who always have to be doing it all the time. Um, so yeah, definitely sheep mentality has got to go. So now we're on to the last submission for this part of Army Anonymous. And they say, it sometimes feel like African Army get excluded from a lot of fandom activities or we just don't get the same level of inclusivity or care. For instance, in my country, our access to Twitter was banned and it's been hard to stream and also participate in fandom activities on Twitter due to the use of VPNs. And it's been radio silence from iArmy in respect to showing support. I wish that'd get better. And this is from Nigeria. Yeah, so for all who don't know, um, basically in Nigeria, um, uh, Twitter has been banned because um, Buhari, um, which is the um, current president of Nigeria, he, what was it? He either got like tweets deleted or he got suspended from Twitter because he was um being he was breaching the guidelines basically because what he was saying was so disrespectful that it violated Twitter's guidelines and he got sanctioned basically and since he got sanctioned um he was suddenly like okay well if i can't use twitter nobody can and he banned twitter in the country so nobody in nigeria can really use twitter unless they have a vpn and even still like some people like where there was like this whole thing a few weeks ago where like people were getting like taken to the police station because they were caught using Twitter. Like it was a really like bad time. Like it was, it was bad. So um, yeah, this is what this person means by the Twitter ban for all who did not know. So yeah, in terms of that, like it was really sad to see that. And I do think that it would be nice if people could show support. Um, Although also at the same time, keep in mind that like, because this is the fact that like, um, you know, Buhari just suddenly banned Twitter. Like, it's not, there's not much people can do aside from give you moral, emotional support. Um, I don't know, because I asked if there's anything, like, I could, if there was any, like, resources that, like, we I could point people to, like, when it first happened, or, like, if there was anything that, like, we could do as, like, international armies. And at the moment, nothing was really going around. Nothing was really set in stone. Um, so like, I couldn't really do much, but just retweet information and stuff like that, which was, um, it was a shame. Um, but if anything does come up, I say that definitely people should support it and, um, yeah, just be able to show solidarity in any way we can, because I know it's definitely hard for, um, you know, African army, especially Nigerian army who are going through this time where they're basically being silenced on Twitter. Like that sucks. Cause I've had my cousins they've had to like contact me through vpn on like twitter when it first happened and i was like oh that's actually like insane yeah i think it's really um unfortunate that nigerian armies not just nigerian armies um yeah it's unfortunate that nigerian armies you know can't are disconnected from the fandom but just like nigerian people in general are disconnected from the whole world um, and uh, their speech has been severely restricted just because of some arrogant president. And that's very dangerous because it means that a lot of information and resources get shut out. So there's not really much insight into what's happening, especially considering there was there was the whole um police brutality protests that were taking place and so 
it's just really messy and I think since you know this ask has been submitted everyone who's listening to you know keep an eye out for news regarding Nigeria but at the same time there really isn't much we can do because it is uh you know it's an issue with the Nigerian government um so there's not really much we can do but provide moral support and so yeah just keep Nigeria in your mind um as well as you know there's plenty of other countries just going through so much um and it's really unfortunate that there's just not enough resources and time to just focus on everything yeah it really is like there's not enough time in the day and not enough like people like to just sort through all the stuff that's going on day to day and just have all hands on deck so we really have to like go out of our way to like search for what's going on and so yeah if you've seen what's happening with nigeria or if you know anybody who is a nigerian army keep them in your thoughts and prayers send them a message if you know they're using vpn um make sure they're okay make sure they're doing well um and just yeah keep them in your thoughts but yeah that pretty much concludes um this part of army anonymous so we're gonna continue back in the internal phantoms concerns when we get to the next part so we will see you in tomorrow's episode yep bye for now